Hi friends, welcome to the Faithful Podcast, stories of people who walk by faith and gained a fuller understanding of the faithfulness of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Baker. Thanks so much for listening today. My guest for this episode is Meredith Crowder. Meredith is a wife and a mother to two kiddos, and she can generally be found homeschooling her kids, redecorating her house, baking something delicious, or painting furniture. Meredith has such a heart for serving others, and she's a joy to be around. Meredith shares in the interview about dealing with bipolar disorder and what that's meant for her. It's so encouraging, and I know you'll be blessed by it. So here is my interview with Meredith Crowder. Hey, Meredith. Hey, Stephanie. I'm so glad you're going to come in here and chat with us today. Me too. Yeah. Well, I guess it's evening now as we're recording, but I'm glad you're here. (laughs) And uh, I am so excited for people to hear just um, what God has been doing in your life. And, um, you know, it's been interesting. The last several interviews I've done, the timing of them has been very interesting. It Mm -hmm. seems like um, each person has been going through something difficult. I know you've had a challenging week and— you know, I know that there's a reason that God wants you to speak on His faithfulness right now, so I'm excited yes. about that. Yes, me too. Yeah, so for the people that don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to these days. All right. Well, my name is Meredith, as Stephanie said. Um, I am a wife to Ed and a mother of two beautiful kids, mm-hmm. One, a boy who is 11. His name is Asher, and my daughter Ezra is 7. I'm a homeschool mom. Let's see. Um, I love crafting, anything crafty. I love to paint. I love to paint Stephanie's cabinets. <laughs> yes, she just <laughs> finished painting our cabinets a couple weeks ago, and they are amazing. It was fun. It was yeah. a blessing to be able to do it. Um, I custom paint furniture and just generally love to have a creative outlet. Yeah, and you go all day long. You go hard. You make us feel like we— like. She was helping me and my husband and with some landscaping and just came over to like give advice basically, but ended up working harder than any of us. And like at some point, I think we were like, you need to go home. This is enough. This is when we stop for the day. But just it was fun though. It's always good to work and use your body to do physical things. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So, how did you come to know Jesus? Well, I, I had grown up in the church. I think my parents took me to church when I, I think I was four years old. I started going to church with them. Um, but I had never really heard a clear gospel presentation. And um, so we were in church the whole time. Um, people were very nice, but the gospel was never clearly presented. And so one, one awesome day, um, the Lord ordained it for me to go to a good friend's house and Mm -hmm. spend the night at her house. It was a Saturday night, so the next morning was Sunday. Well, her father was a preacher. Mm -hmm. And so that morning, of course, we went to her church. And um, the people there were on fire. It was different. It was alive. It was real. And it was tangible. Mm -hmm. And I remember they had given an altar call, as is a custom in the Southern Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. And um, I just... Before I knew it, my hand went went up so fast that I was like, that, that's what I want. Mm. And I was saved right then and there. And I I felt different. I knew that I was different. And I had always known, even from the time I was a small child, even before I went to church, 
that God was calling me out. I could feel the Holy Spirit, but I, I couldn't put words to it. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I knew that Jesus was about to get me. Wow. He wanted me, mm-hmm. and I wanted Him so badly. And so uh, I was 13, and I have never looked back. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so growing up, um, I know that you knew some people who dealt with mental illness. Yes. Um, specifically bipolar disorder. Yes. Um, in what part of that journey did you start to become aware that maybe you were showing some signs that you might be dealing with this yourself? Right. Well, you know, I I had a difficult childhood. My parents divorced when I was six. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Things were hard, but yeah. I was okay. You know, I had faith, and um, you know, as I as I grew into that faith uh, after I was saved at thirteen, I felt the Holy Spirit um, speak to me in ways that would that were very comforting. But I remember when I was about seventeen years old, uh, a specific time in my life, I was very um, I was very depressed. Mm-hmm. I I became very heavy in my spirit, and it was confusing. I mean, I think that time in anybody's life is confusing because you're a young adult almost. Mm-hmm. You know, you're transitioning from that childhood into adulthood, and so it's difficult as it is. But in that particular time, I just felt this heaviness, and I was very confused. Now, thankfully, I was in a good church. I had a lot of people to come alongside me and bear that burden with me, but. I didn't understand what it was. I just thought maybe I was just going through a little rough patch. Mm-hmm. Well, then I got married when I was 21. I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, and things were difficult at first because, you know, you're you're going from your parents' home into your home. I, I didn't—I was so young that I didn't have an apartment of my own or anything. We just went from our parents' home homes into our own home. Yeah. And so that was confusing Uh but it was I was very blessed to be married to my husband at a young age and that we found each other and it was a wonderful thing. But mm. I was again going through some rough times and it kept coming up. But it wasn't until I had my first child at 25, I thought maybe this is just postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that my hormones were off because mm-hmm. I had just had a baby. But he was nine months old and I was still really struggling. And the they, my doctor prescribed an anti-anxiety medicine, and it didn't touch anything that I was dealing with. So I really, I, I began to question. I didn't like who I was becoming, and I knew that I had the Lord and that He loved me, and I knew that I had a supportive husband, and for that I'm very grateful. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I couldn't control my anger. I felt it just welling up within me. And by the time I had my second child, my daughter, at almost 30, it was out of control. I hated who I had become. And I knew that I was saved. I knew I had the Holy Spirit within me, but I was almost powerless to do anything about my emotions. And uh, that was very painful. It was painful for me because Mm -hmm. I was confused. But it was also, I'm sure, incredibly difficult for my husband who loved me through everything um, in spite of how I was behaving. And um, I was more prone to um, mania in my bipolar. Uh, so I w- became angry more often. Um, but it was my husband who spurred me to seek maybe a medical opinion about what I was dealing with. It started with my um, OB who 
was trying to see if maybe I had a hormonal imbalance that was causing the problems after pregnancy. Um, but then it was quickly re- I was quickly referred to a psychiatrist. Um, and it wasn't until I was probably 31 or 32 that I was given the clinical diagnosis of bipolar disorder. Okay. And you kind of alluded to this a little bit. Can you tell us maybe what someone with bipolar, like what would be the characteristics? Sure, sure. Now, um, it's different for every person with bipolar, right. of course. Um, uh, for me, what it looks like, uh, some now some people, they're more prone to deep depressions, and they mm-hmm. stay in that depression for months on end. Um, I am more prone to the mania. So manic spending, manic anger, manic this or that, you know. You know, it can be a positive thing uh, in some senses. You know, I have a lot of energy, like you told me before, <laughs> like when we, when we were doing your yard. Yeah. And um, when I'm creative, it's it it can be that can fuel the creativity. But when it's negative, it is very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the anger for me is what is is the worst. And um, um, my, fortunately for me, uh, I don't stay in these cycles very long. I, I have what is considered rapid cycle bipolar. And so um, I can be over it in the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, um, you know, if you're in my wake, it, it can be pretty devastating. Yeah. So um, uh, it, it's something to consider that you have to, um, while I am over this this moment of mania, um I realized my husband might not be over the harsh words that I spoke to him. Mm. Wow. Um, was he the one who probably, I guess him and your kids probably saw this the most? Or? Oh, yeah. It, it's. I don't think I've ever had like a manic outburst, if you would call it that, um, with anybody other than people that I'm incredibly close to. And mm-hmm. that's... I mean, it's good in one sense because I don't want strangers to experience that. But on the other hand, these are people I love dearly. So it's painful to me, and I know it's painful to them. And I want to protect my children. So, uh, of course, I'm I'm a believer in Christ. I I ask for forgiveness. I recognize my weakness, and I ask for forgiveness. But that's not always easy to do. Mm. So what was the most challenging or maybe one of the most challenging aspects of dealing with um, an illness that people can't see? They call them like an invisible illness, such as mental right. illness. Well, I think I think if people just maybe know me but don't know I have bipolar, I'm pretty open about it. But if they don't know, they'd be like, oh, she's, she's an average girl. Mm-hmm. I don't appear to have anything wrong with me. Yeah. Um, but on the inside, I could be warring with myself. Mm. And um, I think we need to give ourselves grace in that. People with mental illness, everybody, people need to give themselves grace Mm -hmm. um, because it's been offered by Jesus. Mm -hmm. And um, at the end of the day, I think people that don't understand it, they don't see it, they think that everything's okay, but it just, you know, it's hard to understand how how much turmoil there might be in my own mind. Mm. Um, so mental illness is often kept hidden. Um, you're somebody who's very vocal and in general, you're pretty open to talk about it, um, which I think is really great. So how do you feel like this openness and the vulnerability, it's helped you, um, to experience healing in yourself and to help bring healing to others? Yes. Well, uh, as far as healing for me personally, if I am able to share with somebody 
who is genuinely going to love and care me, care for me without any reservation, in spite of the fact that I have bipolar. Mm-hmm. They are able to bear my burdens with me, which the scripture is explicit about doing. We are to do that with one another. And then likewise, by me being open, I, I feel like I feel like the struggles that the Lord allows us to have are not just for us. Mm. I feel like they're for other people too. If I'm open and somebody can, you know, just hear healing um, out of my testimony, then the Lord will see, re- receive glory and the church will be edified. People will be edified in that. And um, that is my goal. That's why I speak openly about it because I feel like, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of. I'm not right. ashamed of this. Um and, uh, you know, I, I feel like we can educate people and take the stigma out of it as well in the church. Mm. Yeah, that's, re- that's really good. I think a lot of people are afraid to bring it up because, mm-hmm. um, you know, they feel like people are going to look at them differently. Right. Or like, um, I mean, I could see as a parent, like, oh, I don't know if you should go to right. this person's exactly. house. Like exactly. now that I know this thing, they may not, they may be prone to a mood swing or some kind of, you know, whatever. Right. But um, that's just, that's not, I mean, I, having known you right. quite well now, I feel like, you know, that that's ju- obviously judging too quickly and none of us want to be known for our, you know, area of growth. I right. Guess. That's true because everybody deals with something. We know right. that everybody deals with something and, you know, if if I'm the quote unquote crazy person or whatever, you know, people label yeah. you. Yeah, and we shouldn't do that mm-hmm. um, because, like you said, you have gotten to know me, and mm-hmm. I am not that person that, you know, I I, I try to um, exhibit the fruit of the spirit, and yeah. I'm not perfect, but none of us are. Right, it is a part of the fall of man, and we, you know, it is unfortunately it is a symptom of sin in the world. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would hate to be known by. You know, my vices. Exactly. Like, that's my label put on me. Exactly. That's, yes. Um, so where where do you think you found the most support and encouragement during your journey? Well, I, I definitely turn to scriptures a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I read the Bible. I, I seek the Lord in prayer all the time. Um, and, you know, honestly, it is my prayer life before bipolar is not the same. It was not the same as it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have had to become reliant upon the Lord, and I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. The humility that has come from this is a good thing. Yeah, I am prone to being proud. Yeah, but the Lord has me look to Him, and then I see, oh, I don't have it together. I need Him. Right, all the time, moment by moment, I need the Lord, and so, um, and you know, also in friends, like I said earlier, I have I have a good set of friends who. I, I know I can lean on, uh, who do not judge me, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we know we all know we have our own things, right? Um, and uh, that it's a blessing, and and I would be uh, lost without um, my loving husband, who has we we've almost made it to year fifteen. October will be wow. fifteen years, and. I just told you how old I was. I'm old. <laughs> but <laughs> you're the you, same age as me. <laughs> but year fifteen, and yeah. That is a blessing that he has seen me in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, and he stays and he loves me through it right. because he loves Jesus. Mm. And that is a beautiful thing. I think we need more of that. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I I think back to like high school years and maybe mm. early 20s, 
the kind of things that I looked for in um, a potential, you know, boyfriend or or a potential husband or whatever. And it's interesting that I don't think I would have looked for somebody who's going to, you know, always be yes. patient with me mm-hmm. if I'm dealing with something difficult. Even though I know that's what I would have needed, but of course. Um, and thankfully, that's what I you know experience as well in my relationship. But um, you know, it's not it's not one of those flashy kind of things that no. you, um, yeah, that you're like, oh man, he is just so patient. <laughs> it's like no. no, he drives a cool car and he's really good looking and he has a six pack and he loves Jesus. Oh wow, yay. icing yeah. on the cake. But yeah, it's, those are the things that make a marriage work, and those are the things that I need as somebody with mental illness. Yeah, for somebody to champion me uh, and and love me. And uh, just support me and run this race with me because I just can't do it by myself. I mean, he is, he uplifts me when I am really low. Yeah. It's a good thing. How cool of God to give you something that like you oh, didn't even yeah. know you needed because you, were, exactly. you weren't experiencing this in its fullness or no, not aware of it. No, exactly. God's good. He it's is. Really um, so what has some, what's, some, what's surprised you the most or been the biggest unexpected blessing? Along this, along your way, I think I alluded to it earlier, but mm-hmm. I think the fact that the Lord has has given me a sense of humility, and uh, which I did not have before. Yeah, <laughs> I was pretty proud. Um, <laughs> knocked me down a few pegs, <laughs> but also just the people that I get to meet, and the fact that now, because I have experienced the lowest of lows. Um, he has given me a sense of empathy for others. Mm-hmm. And I would not trade that for anything because I'm, a, I'm able to come alongside those who are mourning and just weep with them or rejoice when something good happens to a friend. And I think that we lose that mm-hmm. in the modern-day church, um, probably specifically in America. We just don't, we don't do that, and I think that we do need to come alongside each other and, and lift one another up more. And I, so I think that is just a beautiful gift that I just I wouldn't give back for the world. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I think that you know the humility that mm. you're speaking of it reminds me a lot. And I, I just, I'm not. I think it's Second Corinthians twelve. They talk, you know, where it talks about Paul having a you know a messenger of Satan to to buffet him, or basically oh, yeah. like a thorn in in his flesh. To that is what I call humble. this. Yeah. I call it my the thorn in my flesh because yeah. I think that everybody deals with something. And um, while I would probably not have chosen this for myself, <laughs> if I will I'm being, deal yes. with you know being so thin. <laughs> Exactly. I didn't mean that to sound, you know, dismissive to folks who might deal with that, but you know. But no, you know, I I think I think that everybody does have something that they deal with, and this this happens to be my lot. Mm -hmm. And um, while not something I would have chosen, um, it is definitely something that has allowed me to be nearer to the Lord. And I just I wouldn't have seen that had I not walked this path for myself. I have known many mentally ill people um, in my family and otherwise. Mm-hmm. And um, if I did not struggle with this the way that I have with Jesus in my life, because many of the people I refer to do not have Jesus in their lives, mm-hmm. I would not be able to have a direct fly-on-the-wall insight yeah. 
into what they're dealing with. And so it is a gift. Um, I, I don't... I don't want to take it for granted, and I don't want to waste this opportunity that the Lord has given me to minister to others. I think that's really good. Um, and having Jesus going through this, mm. you are, you know, there's an objective line of like what is good and what is true oh, yes. and what is honorable oh, yes. to God that um, folks who, you know, they may be very moral people, but they're, you know, that moral compass can can kind of vary, but like, mm-hmm. you know, we're called to love our enemies. Oh, yes. And I'm sure in the moment when you're filled with anger, your people you love the most yes. are your enemies. And, you know, we, but we still know from an objective standpoint, I know I am called to love everyone. Yes. I'm supposed to call love my enemies. I have to love everybody. Um, and I know that I'm supposed to serve others. And I know oh, that— yes. The world doesn't revolve around me, and um, I think that that is so important, and I think that that's so essential to healing and to experiencing the freedom that Christ can bring. Definitely. Because you actually are probably quicker to seek help or quicker to, you know— to recognize the issue and realize that you need to do something about it. Oh, yes. To that end— you know, when I was concerned and not really sure before I was diagnosed, um, I think it was, I know it was my relationship with Jesus that compelled me to seek help. Mm. Um, because I know a lot of people are scared and that mm. I was scared. Yeah. Um, but because I wanted wholeness, I wanted wellness, I wanted health and and I wanted healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I sought, I sought that. And, uh, I, I don't think I would have done that had I not had the Holy Spirit living inside of me. Mm. Um, personally, you know, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people do seek help who don't have Jesus, obviously. But yeah, I think that it, it can be scary. It's a very scary thing. Nobody wants to hear that there's something wrong with them, right? Um, you know, in their body, let alone their brain. You know, so mm-hmm. um, I think that for me to be able to have that freedom to do that, that was a real blessing. That was huge for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so what helps you to remain faithful to Jesus in the hard times? Oh, well, you know, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It isn't easy. And it's it's just like any other temptation that you are tempted towards. Yeah. Satan is a jerk, and he's going to use whatever he can to add fuel to the fire. Mm-hmm. And he knows what my weaknesses are. So I, I, it's hard. That is hard. But, you know, I think knowing that I have two beautiful children mm-hmm. and a husband who works so hard for our family, mm-hmm. that makes me want to be a better person. And, it, and I know that the Lord wants that of me. Yeah. And knowing all those things makes me want to do better by God. Right. And do what he says. Mm-hmm. Do his, you know, follow his commands. That's be obedient. Right. I think I mean we should all do that, but sometimes it's difficult when you're warring within your own mind. Mm-hmm. Um but at the end of the day, God is always better. He's right. always better. He's always mm-hmm. more beautiful. And uh that compels me to want to do it again the next day and keep following him. Mm. That's awesome. Um, 
Is there a verse or a Bible story that speaks to you in the hard times? Yes. Well, oh, there there are two. There's a story, and then there's um, a verse that have really helped me. Just knowing that David, King David, struggled with anxiety. Mm-hmm. He was in the throes of depression. Okay, and so he got it, and God exalted him. Right. In the midst of that, was he perfect? No, he was not. Yeah. He was he was a sinner just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. But the Lord used him for great things. Right. And he he some of the most beautiful psalms were penned out of his anxiety and depression and despair. Mm-hmm. And so that that is encouragement to me as somebody who deals with that. Mm-hmm. But also um Romans 8:39 says neither height nor depth nor anything else and all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That speaks to me. Nothing. This can't separate me from my Jesus. It can't. Yeah. And believe you me, a lot of things have tried to separate me from Jesus. Yeah. But nothing can. Mm-hmm. God has me. I am sealed in Him. And that is a gift. And uh, I just, I hope people who struggle can just lean into that. Because um, it, it, at times, when you are warring within yourself, there is a lot of self-loathing, loathing, which is a form of pride because, you know, we just need to humble ourselves before the Lord. But mm-hmm. you, you think to yourself, you know, I don't know if God can love me. And that thought has to be eliminated immediately. And this verse speaks directly to that, that nothing will separate us from the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And uh, bipolar is something, so that's going to be a nothing. You know, yeah. it's eliminated. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, so that that gives me a lot of hope. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, when you're in the middle of dealing with um, one of these moments, especially when you're, you know, filled with anger, can you kind of help us see maybe a little bit of what that feels like. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's um it is not a normal anger. <laughs> Let yeah. me just put it that way. It is it is not a Jesus flipping over tables anger. That's righteous anger. It is yeah. it is a sinful anger. It is rage. Mm-hmm. And it it comes out in a burst. For me, it doesn't last long. Mm-hmm. And then I immediately regret it. Yeah. It only feels good in theory. <laughs> it, it, and then you're like, oh, man, what did I just say? What did I do? Yeah. And and then you have to try to put back the broken pieces. And uh, that's not easy to do because on one hand, you, you want to mend that relationship with whomever you've offended. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it's like, I don't want to say sorry because I know I was wrong. And it, that just, it hurts. Mm-hmm. I, and sometimes you're just like, oh, man. Why'd I do that? I just, it's, you can't explain why you're feeling that way. It's like a, a switch is flipped mm-hmm. and um, it just happens. Now, I will tell you that it happens more often for me when I'm tired or very hungry. Hangry is a thing. So, yeah. you know, that's a definite thing. But mm-hmm. when I'm very tired or when I'm stressed out, when I, when stress is mounting, things are happening. I've had a rough week, as you alluded to, and mm-hmm. um, I have to watch myself then. I have to become aware of who I am. And uh, what I am prone to, mm-hmm. and I think I think self awareness in these situations is, is really important. Um, know what you are capable of, and try to mitigate it before it starts. What does that What does that look like for you? Praying a lot. 
Yeah. Praying a whole lot. If I'm having a really hard day, I reach out to friends. I've reached out to you a couple times. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I just, I ask, you know, I, I, to the point of annoying people, <laughs> maybe sometimes, I hope not, but. Uh, probably um, not. Well, I hope not. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I exhaust my resources and I just say, would you pray for me? This is a rough day. This is a rough week. I, I'm not sleeping well. This is just very stressful, whatever have you. And then I just ask, I pray for myself and I ask people around me to pray for me. Yeah. We, we shouldn't be afraid to do that. That's yeah. what we're supposed to do as brothers and sisters in Christ. How I mean that's just so cool. Like it's, it's really difficult. Like you said, um, to ask for that help sometimes from mm-hmm. people, and um, you know I'm glad that that's something that you seem to have gotten over. <laughs> uh, I have no shame anymore. <laughs> Let me tell you because you can't. Like yeah. I I don't want to hide who I am. Mm-hmm. This is this is how I am, but I can be better. Yeah, and I want people to see that. I'm flawed because everybody's flawed. First of all, if they if they aren't, if if it's the Facebook version of the people, that's that's fake. That's not yeah. real. I don't have it together, but my my God does. Mm-hmm. And um, if if a brother or sister in Christ can come alongside of me and lift up my hands and as I reach out to the Lord and just weep with me, that is that's a gift. And um, I want to take every advantage of that. You know? Yeah. I mean. It- that humility keeps you, you know, there, I, I'm kind of picturing this like continuum almost. Like, mm-hmm. you know, here's super healthy, like behaving the way that Christ wants us to, right. honoring God with all of our actions. And then here is the absolute worst that you mm-hmm. could be at. And like maybe you're somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. when you're starting to feel this like rage or you start to see that like I'm in a situation where I could see this happening. And those friends coming alongside you, taking the time to pray, realizing those things that are triggering you, help you to move toward health. Right. Where hiding it is going to move you more toward the oh, other yes. end. And yes. so it's not just like this staying in place kind of thing. You're act- no. you're actively moving the opposite direction from yes. where you're headed. And I think that's that's awesome. It's important too. I think I think that more people need to do that. Like we if we you're either seeking after God or you're falling back. There's, yeah. you know, there's no, like, the lukewarm situation is not good. We know that. <laughs> yeah. So go go dive in. Dive in deep because mm-hmm. lean into what you're dealing with and lean into the Lord. Yeah. Um, there is, you know, you, you have to to survive. That's mm-hmm. how we get through this life. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel like this journey has, um, as you're moving toward mental health mm-hmm. and um, trying to honor the Lord with that, how has this changed your view of God? Oh man, he is so much better than I thought he was. Yeah, fifteen years ago. What would high school Meredith think about God? Oh, I loved, I loved Jesus. Let me tell yeah. you, I was hard after Jesus, but I just, God is kind, mm-hmm. and I have seen His gentle kindness to me over these years. And man, I don't deserve it at all, but He gives until. We don't think we can accept anymore. And then he piles more on. It's yeah. it's it's unbelievable. I know how generous the Lord is and how how much he cares for us. And I used to worry a lot about probably everything. Yeah. <laughs> and um and then I had kids and it got even worse. I was like, oh, I'm worrying about the kids now. It's ridiculous. But mm-hmm. I realized that when I was worrying and I had that anxiety, it was a lack of trust in the Lord. And I have been able to lay that down because I realize He is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. 
And um, it took a long time to right. get to that point. It really did. Um, but I, I just, I see the beauty that he has for us. And also, you know, when Jesus walked this earth, he experienced things that he wanted to experience in the human body with human emotions. He wanted to know what it was like to be with us, among us. Mm -hmm. And he wept when Lazarus died. And, you know, he experienced all these things. And then, of course, on the cross, he experienced the full just force of every, you know, every sin, the weight of every sin on him. Mm -hmm. He knows what it's like to deal with what I deal with. He knows. Mm -hmm. He has struggled on my behalf. Yeah. And he's defeated it on my behalf. And so I have the freedom to move towards him now. Mm-hmm. And um, while I understand that uh, I'm not yet in heaven and I've not been healed fully from this right. bipolar, I do realize that um, even though I'm in the presence of sin still, I have the opportunity uh, to be loved by a loving God and to be held by him and... Um, to have comfort here. Mm-hmm. And I'm not perfect. None of us are. Right. Um, but I'm moving towards that perfection that he would desire that we have right. every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't look the same every day either. <laughs> you know, it's right. every day is a, a new struggle. But mm-hmm. I think seeking him first is key to mental health, my mental health at least. Yeah. No, I think that experiencing true mental health, you know, for us comes by experiencing peace. Oh, absolutely. And experiencing the joy that only Christ can give. So to me, I think apart from Christ, you can't, in my opinion, experience the fullness of of joy or peace. Absolutely. So so I think you're right, right on with that. Mm -hmm. So how has this experience changed your view of people dealing with mental illness, like bipolar or anxiety? Well, since I had been around it my whole life, mm-hmm. um, I, I've always had a, a tender spot for people who have suffered in this way. Yeah. But now that I am dealing with it personally, um, it has given me um, a, just a real, a real soft heart mm-hmm. for um, people who might struggle, and I, I, it's it's not pity. Mm-hmm. It is not pity, and I don't want people to pity me either. Right. It is It is a genuine love and desire to help. That is what I want for others with, yeah. with mental illness. Um, because I have seen, I, I have experienced the clarity that comes from having mental health with Jesus. Right. And having healing um, uh, through prayer and uh, a meditation over Scripture Mm-hmm. And that's I want to impart that to other people as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that's an important factor of who I am. Yeah. I would say any time that we're dealing with something um, ourselves, it increases our compassion oh, significantly. Definitely. And, definitely. Um, and I think it's, you know, mental illness is a challenging thing t- for us to comprehend, mm-hmm. especially if we're not— we're not dealing with it. We don't understand. Why can't you just be nicer, Meredith? Why can't you? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Why can't you just you know control yourself in this way? And it's it's not as simple as no. like I'm making this active choice to do this thing, right? It's, but um, I think that that's that's great that you have compassion toward it, and you're. I feel like your kids are going to be more compassionate. Toward I hope it. so. Yeah. I really do. You know, 
it's it I, I can't imagine it's easy living with a bipolar mother. Yeah. Um and I I have wept over that mm-hmm. that knowledge. It is hard yeah. to know that I have, you know, lost my control in yeah. front of them and just shouted out in anger. Mm-hmm. That hurts. It hurts. But I think like I said before, to ask for forgiveness, to repent. And um, sometimes it doesn't happen right away. Yeah. Sometimes I have to just, because it's that pride creeping back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know I'm wrong. I always know I'm wrong. Yeah. And in my heart, I'm like, I just, I pray, Lord, forgive me. Please don't let that affect them, you know. Mm-hmm. But I do hope and pray that they become empathetic of individuals as yeah. adults. And that that's so important. It is. That, that's 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 an important thing for all of us to show kindness. Definitely, it we, is. <laughs> we're all going to need it at some point. Oh shown yes. To us, so yes. Yeah. So to people that are listening that mm-hmm. um, that are concerned that they may be dealing with mental illness, what um, would you like to say to them? Maybe they don't. They haven't been diagnosed with anything. But yeah. Okay. So what I would say to somebody who. Maybe you're you're just feeling down, and mm-hmm. and um, you're not quite sure what that is. Well, pray, pray first, seek the Lord's wisdom, and, he, and it'll be given to you. the The Bible says, if you seek wisdom, you will receive wisdom. And so, right. I think that it's important to pray first. Um, but also, I think it's important to talk with those who are closest to you, mm-hmm. because if there is something going on, their radar, their antenna, I guarantee you, it's up. Mm-hmm. And they are keenly aware of something that might be a little bit off, okay? So talk to the people that you trust the most, not to just some random person, but to people who really love you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think that if you determine from there that 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 there is a possibility of true bipolar, mental illness, whatever you may think might be going on, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to seek out a professional, a medical professional. Right. This is a medical problem, a physiological problem. Um, now, I personally believe it's a physiological problem because of sin that's just in the world. Right. Not necessarily my personal sin, but sin, fallen world. Um, we have all kinds of problems because this is a fallen world. We have mm-hmm. death because it's a fallen world, you know? Right. So um, it would be, it would stand to reason that mental illness is a degenerative byproduct of the fallen world. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it is an actual chemical imbalance in your brain. I cannot control it. Mm-hmm. So, it, and, and you know, if you, if you think you might be struggling with it, you cannot control it. Be encouraged. You are not, what I thought when I was going through all this stuff and I didn't have a diagnosis, I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going crazy. That is what, those words were in my head because that's what people tell you you might be crazy. Mm-hmm. You're not. Yeah. If you're if you are listening and you think you might be struggling, you're not crazy. It's real. It's yeah. happening. But you need to seek help with a medical professional because um and 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 counseling. Mm-hmm. Those things it's it's not a one and done thing. You yeah. need all of these things for success. Um you know, the Lord did not choose to take my bi- bipolar away from me. Mm-hmm. I believe he could have healed me on this earth, but he has not chosen it for me. And I believe it's so I can minister to others. Yeah. Um, but uh, since he has not chosen to remove this thorn in the flesh from me, right. um, I have sought medical treatment. And I think it's, it, it has 
it has changed the way I have managed the disease. Right. And that has been very helpful. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in nursing school, I remember learning the importance of um, if you're going to have a patient on um, medications for you know depression or anxiety mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, it it's always meds and um, therapy of some right. kind. And so that was always super big. But then when I actually was working as a provider, uh, most of my patients that were on you know, antidepressants or, you know, anxiety meds or um, whatever it might be, they, almost none of them actually went to counseling. Right. Now, it is not, okay, first of all, counseling is really expensive. I think that is a deterrent for many people. Yeah. I do know of counselors who offer their services as a, as a ministry. Yeah. And that's a huge blessing. That's a, that's a huge asset mm-hmm. to the Christian community. Um, but... Uh, you know, it is, I do agree. I think the two couple together, it's, it's good because when you, when you talk to somebody, um, about, about what you're experiencing, you're able to then think about it more. It's like the thought comes full circle and you're able to understand maybe your, your triggers, like you were saying earlier, Mm -hmm. triggers is a good word because there are certain things that really do light a fire under you. And you've got to be careful. Like I know, like I said, mine are lack of sleep and hunger. Um, mm-hmm. Those are two things that really get to me. Um, but once you're aware of those things, and a good therapist will help you identify and pinpoint those things, um, you're able to live more successfully. Yeah. Um, yeah, you you talked about counseling being very expensive. I understand that yeah. for sure. And also, um, yeah, some do for free and some do on a sliding scale. So, yes, um, but it's if, important if you... Yeah, if you're able. If you're able at all, and it, it never hurts to ask. Right. And so if I mean it's it's a priority financially. Yes. In, um, and it's been something for my family. We I was talking to somebody about this today. I'm like, counseling is so important. Yes. Any it is. at any given time, at least one of our family members is <laughs> semi regularly yes. in counseling. Maybe not all the time going every week, but um, well, yeah. I think it's good, you know, to have uh, specifically to have godly counsel, mm-hmm. people who have godly wisdom. Um, that that is so it's vital to yeah. um, our ability to heal. And yeah. um, you know, I have a I, you know, it's it's good to have mentors as well. Mm-hmm. I have a mentor who helps me uh, work through some of this stuff, um, and I'm I'm able to um, maybe share my burden with them and they're able yeah. to pick up that mantle and carry it with me, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of me trying to handle the baggage all by myself. Mm. So I think it's it definitely is a both and. You yeah. you do need that support. Yeah, that's awesome. Um so what what, what advice would you give to um, a Christian who's trying to support their friends or family member who might be affected by mental illness? The biggest thing I can tell you to do is to be present, be available. Mm -hmm. I know that it can be exhausting to deal with other people's issues. Yeah. But we are called to bear one another's burdens. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, pray for those people. Pray for your brother or sister in Christ or your family member who has bipolar or any other mental illness. Mm -hmm. Um, Just listen to them. Be a listening ear. And you don't have to give advice. In fact, I would probably recommend don't give advice unless it's biblical wisdom. Right. uh, Because you just can't know what they're going through. Um, And don't compare. 
don't compare your life with theirs. Don't downplay their hurts. I've had that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know, it, it'll be okay. Just trust in the Lord. Yes, it will be okay, and I will trust in the Lord, but hear me, I'm hurting right now. Yeah. And that's huge. I think don't minimize my pain. Mm-hmm. That is what I would say to somebody who is trying to love somebody with bipolar or mental illness. Yeah. Um, I think in, in my life, the people that I have known when they're going through stuff, yeah, just reminding them, I'm here for you. Right. Um, sometimes they need space and sometimes they need a shoulder to cry on or right. sometimes they just need a few encouraging words. And, you know, hopefully with time, you start to be able to read those situations better. I think that's something that's been hard for me in this, um, you know, quarantine Yes. world that we're living in, <laughs> I feel really disconnected from yes. people. Like I have some relationships I feel like have grown in this time. Like I feel like our friendship oh, has yeah. grown for sure. <laughs> as you've become my home consultant and <laughs> decision maker for me in decorating. My pleasure. Um, but you know, there's, but the vast majority of people that I would see on a regular basis, I'm not seeing. And yes, there are people that would like, maybe confide something in me or maybe I would confide in them that I just don't see now. And so I'm wondering how that's affecting other people's, you know, it is overall hard. health. I am I am very well balanced. My um, doctor tells me I'm in remission. That is the term for a healthy person that oh, is interesting. That, yeah, it okay. is interesting. So remission, it never goes away. Mm-hmm. That's the implication there is that yeah. it never goes away. But I am struggling because of the, I have seen people. I am, yeah. you know, I have seen you. I've I have seen you know a small amount of people um, in this throughout this quarantine time. But let me tell you, it is. I feel it. Mm-hmm. I feel that weird separation, that isolation, that loneliness. Yeah, and I'm well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not perfect. I'm not healed. But I am. I'm in remission. Yeah, and I I feel it. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean for somebody who is unwell, right. who is not in remission, who is not seeking treatment? Mm. It is hard. We need to reach out to those people because they need love. They need the support right now. And I, I understand it's a task to love somebody who might be a little prickly, you know, yeah. and, and hard to hard to hard to love. But yeah. I think it's important that we reach out. And do our jobs and just just love the way that Jesus loves. Yeah, uh, you're right. It is hard sometimes. And some people um, have been in some situations you feel like they're kind of draining. Oh, yes. Yeah, and I think it's important to keep boundaries and don't. Because there are some people that I've known where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel like exhausted after. Right. And then there's other people that just the average person who just needs a little bit of encouragement exactly. or just needs you to be that friend. And I'm happy to do that. But yeah, I, you know, I just want to encourage people also make sure. Protect yourselves. Yeah. Protect your own. Don't be taken advantage of. Yeah. Um, but I, I think a lot of times people, if you just realize that this person is struggling and they're mm-hmm. hurting, they are in pain. Yeah. I think that would go a long way to know how to minister to them. Yeah, you know, but not without you know drawing boundary lines and not not get yourself into an abusive situation, mm-hmm. um, but still you know praying from for them at the very least. Yeah, it's like if you have your, a friend with cancer or something, oh, they're going to have good days and bad days. Yes, and you don't ever look at them and just like, oh, can you just yeah be done with this now? I'm right. over this. Like, exactly. That's exactly patient. what it is. Yeah. yeah, and and this is a lifelong journey for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for and for anybody who deals with it. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, with the help of other people, and of course, one hundred percent with Jesus on your side, you can you can overcome and wake up every morning with joy. There, yeah. I mean, that is. I have experienced a lot of loss over the last three years, and it's been very painful. God has allowed situations in my life I would have rather not have gone through. And they were brutal. I mean, hit after hit. But I had joy. I had that peace that we talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that only comes, that's not going to come from therapy or from medicine. That's only going to come from Jesus. Yeah. And um, I'm just blessed that I, I have, I have, I have everything that, I have the tools that I need for Mm -hmm. wellness. Right. So um, sometimes in Christian circles, mental illness is, you know, something that we say we just deal with it with prayer. Mm. Um, Is there anything that you would like to say to someone who may think it's wrong for them to maybe seek out professional help or to possibly take medication? Sure. Well, um, I may be biased because I take medication. (laughs) (laughs) But um, let me tell you, like we were saying, you would not tell somebody who has cancer or somebody who has asthma, you can't take that medicine because you don't trust God to heal you. Mm-hmm. That is ridiculous. That is not the way God works. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think God God doesn't God hasn't chosen to heal me from this, like I said. Mm-hmm. But um I have wellness and I am who I am in Christ. Because I have chosen to uh, take medicinal therapies, and um, you know, he is he has given me the freedom to do that. And I, I feel like if we were to tell somebody, you would have to. It would be across the board. You'd have to be consistent. Say for all mm-hmm. physical physical problems, physiological, you you need to not take medicine because you don't trust in the Lord if you do. Mm-hmm. And I just don't. I don't see that the support for that in Scripture. I feel like that is. Um, hurtful to people who um, truly experience this problem that they have no control over. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to, I've had people tell me, "Oh, well, you don't trust the Lord enough." I'm like, "No, I I really trust Him, and I believe that if He wants to, He can take this away immediately." Yeah. But He hasn't. Mm-hmm. And but like I said, this is I don't feel this struggle is for me alone. It will not go in vain. It is for me. But it's for the church. It's for other people. Um, and it's ultimately all for His glory. Yeah. I mean, I, I have seen people healed of some oh, things. Oh, yes, like for sure. Some pretty incredible stuff. And I think that um, at some point, we're all going to experience, you know, that true healing. And that's oh, yes, something to the look ultimate healing. To. Yeah, the ultimate healing. Um, but I think that if somebody is suffering, and I mean— Prayer is super important. Oh, but definitely. Yeah, it's you don't just neglect and let them put themselves in a dangerous situation. Exactly, and and that's the thing. You know, we need to be we need to be aware of the fact that we don't have all the answers. Right. We are not sovereign. God is sovereign, mm-hmm. and we need to leave um, the control in His hands. Yeah. And um, that is exactly what I am doing when I choose to medicate. Mm-hmm. Every night, I take my medicine. And I choose to love my family in that way by laying down my comfort, what I want to do, because I know it's going to benefit them. It it benefits me too, don't get me wrong. But I know that it's going to mean a healthy, well-adjusted 
Meredith. Um, but of course, prayer and meditation in the scripture and all the things we've discussed, those are those are primary. Mm-hmm. But the medicine is a tool. That is what it is. It is a tool that it, that I use um, to keep me in remission. Mm-hmm. And that's all. Yeah. Um, what other encouragement would you like to leave the other listeners with or anything that we didn't touch on? Sure. Maybe? Don't lose hope. Yeah. Our God is a God of hope. He has given me... Um, he's actually... I've been blessed through this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, things that I would not have seen beforehand. He, is, he has matured me. You know, it's funny. You feel like a child when you lose your control and you have a temper tantrum like that. But in the midst of that, I am being made more like Jesus because I recognize my need for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's something really powerful in that, um, recognizing your need for the Lord. Mm. It's it's a good thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I'm going to change gears a little sure. bit. What is something that you're not very good at? Ooh, well, I I, I don't say no to things. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. Yes. Um, I have a hard time saying no to things. Uh, that is a weakness, and I need to not be that way because that actually uh, can fuel the exhaustion that fuels the bipolar. So I have to be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love I love doing things for other people. So um, it is a it is a bad thing to go nonstop yeah. <laughs> all the time. So I have a hard time with that. And um, up until recently, I was terrible at making pancakes, but I've mastered that now, so we're good. What? Making pancakes? Yeah, hard? I couldn't do it. Why? I don't know. Couldn't do it. You but, couldn't, like, flip? or you yeah, couldn't, it couldn't was do it. Batter? Couldn't flip it. Good. <laughs> but now it's good, so we're good. So I, I marked that off my list. That's good. Uh, you've, I, I find that hard to believe because I can make a pancake and you can make everything that I'm not able to make. So she's, my daughter has asked for me to get your quiche recipe. Oh, sure. And You're welcome to it. Yeah. It was really, really good. Awesome. But it looked like a lot of work. It's not. So I might tell Zania that I can't, that I'll just you make it for her. <laughs> she's going to start asking you all the time for it. Um, what is one career that you wish you could have? Okay, so I went to Bible college, right? Yeah. So I I loved I loved Bible college. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> if I could have gone into anything, I would have done interior design. Yeah, definitely. And I still might. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know. Are there online programs for that? Um, there are, but you know, I know of many people that don't even have their degree in that and yeah. do it anyway. But I, I, I kind of feel like I'd like to pursue maybe some classes in that area at the very least. But um, I don't know. Cool. I'm a homeschool mom, so um, which is ridiculous when I say it out loud as we give this bipolar interview. If you have bipolar, you can still homeschool. The Lord called me to it, and it's awesome. But anyway. <laughs> um, uh, there are a lot of things you can do, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would I would definitely probably um, go after interior design. Yeah, mm-hmm. would you want to have like your own little business? Oh yeah, and yes. What it? Do you have a name? No, no, you don't have one. Just filed away, like yes. in case Crowder this- House Designs. No, I'm just. Kidding. I like it. Oh, do you? Yeah. Do you remember that band, Crowded House? Yes. Okay. Yes, that <laughs> that just popped into my head. Sorry. Uh, and what? is changing your life these days. 
oh, what isn't changing everybody's life these days right, right what, now? <laughs> what's something good changing yeah, your life? I I have gotten into embroidery as of like three days ago. Yeah, and it and is she's ridiculous. Like made several things that look really complicated. <laughs> this is so out of control. I don't know why I start these things because then I'm like, ooh, I need all the embroidery floss that Hobby Lobby has to The good thing offer. is that's a pretty inexpensive thing. It but is. I guess if you get enough of if them. If you get all of the colors, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it adds up. I did not get all of the colors. You Let didn't. me just put okay. that out there for my husband's awareness. Yeah. But, no, but it is... It's very cathartic. I think working with your hands is important. Mm -hmm. And crafting is, is a good thing. I'm a very creative person. So to have an outlet... Uh, to plug into when you're a little stressed out, you yeah. know that that helps me a lot. Do you crochet? I do not. You I don't know if I, I I tried it once. Yeah, but uh, I don't think I'm good at it. <laughs> I I learned how to crochet when I broke my leg as an adult. Oh, bless your heart. Yeah, one of my friends taught me, and I don't think she taught me to actually like <laughs> count stitches. So I made some really really wonky scarves. <laughs> That look like mis deformed worms. So that I haven't done that in a while, and I think I could probably pick it back up. And oh, I yeah. asked me the other day about doing it, and I was do like, it. Oh, I'm yeah, a little this nervous. is now is the time because we're at home, right? I think it's important for people, you know, mental illness or not, to keep busy mm -hmm. and to have something productive to do. And so for me, it has been uh, like I said, a very cathartic exercise to uh, to have something pretty. And you know, I'm working on a Christmas embroidery right now and it's mm -hmm. ridiculous but I know we're several months out but um, I'm just getting ready and uh, it's it's very satisfying I don't know just to, to feel like I mean God is our is is the creator right and yeah and we are made in his image and that is part of who he is so when we create it's it, it that's it's like what God does and it's a, on a very small scale yeah but it's a cool thing I think he put that in us mm -hmm. for a purpose you just got real deep with embroidery <laughs> you know sometimes you just have to go deep with embroidery yeah um do you follow like little patterns or do you make it up okay so the first two I did I'm on my third one the first two I did I, I they were like the the little kits mm -hmm. and they were super cute um the third one it, I got like some random Christmas clip art it's like a laurel or like a wreath mm -hmm. and I literally drew it on with a pen it's like a, a special pen that if you spray water on it it'll disappear okay and uh, it's a for embroidery and cross stitch and whatnot and so uh, I just kind of made my own because I, I couldn't find anything I liked. So I'm just making my own now. Oh, well, look at you. <laughs> You're so crafty. I like it. Um, well, I really appreciate you coming I'm so glad that we could talk. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I think there's so much that people can glean from this. And I really I hope, hope so. that folks um, hear it and they take it to heart. Yes, me too. Yeah. Always a pleasure, Meredith. God's faithfulness can be seen all over Meredith's story. He remains an ever-present help in times of trouble. I pray that her story encourages you so that you'll share what you're going through with those around you. It might give others the courage to be open about their struggles. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy The Faithful Podcast, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating and review. Reviews help people find the podcast so that it can be a blessing to them. Remember, you can find me on my website, faithfulpodcast.podbean.com or on Instagram at faithfulpodcast. Have a great week and remember to stay faithful, friends. <laughs>